On this episode of the Talking Hawks podcast, we are joined by young Hawthorne midfielder, Connor McDonald. Connor talks about his transition from underage football to the Hawthorne Football Club, playing the half-forward role and then starting to transition into the midfield, and how the team is looking to bounce back from last weekend's loss to Essendon against the Swans this week at the SCG. This is the Talking Hawks podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talking Hawks podcast. My name is Tim and here at Talking Hawks, we look to connect Hawthorne fans from around the world. Like and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube where we're aiming for 1,500 subscribers by the buy round. And also like and follow us on your favorite podcast provider. While you're there, give us a review and a five-star rating. It tells us to connect and engage Hawthorne fans to the Talking Hawks content. Today, we are joined by one of our most exciting and talented prospects at the Hawthorne Football Club. He was drafted at pick 26 in the 2021 National Draft and was renowned as a silky, skillful midfielder who oozed class in his under-18 season. In his, debut, in his debut season last year for Hawthorne, he managed 20 games and kicked nine goals as a valuable link between the midfield and forward line and was incredibly unlucky not to be nominated for the Rising Star Award. Coming off the back of his 20-touch, 11-mark game against the Bombers to start season 2023, welcome to the podcast, Connor McDonald. Thanks, heaps. I appreciate it a lot and can't wait to talk footy. Not a problem. Now, look, based on the growth of your flowing locks, are you looking to channel Hawthorne great Gary Ayres at the moment? Um, his photo's actually up in the um, warm-up area at the club, so um, I do get a bit of inspiration off that. I think my hair's flowing pretty similar at the moment to what his was back in the day, but um, yeah, not really sure where I'm going at the moment with it. It's getting a bit long and... Um, yeah, getting a bit of a flow to it. So I think we'll just keep growing it for the meantime and, and see how it goes. You might have to keep Maxi Lynch out of your way. He might give you the buzz cut that he's currently rocking at the moment. Exactly, exactly right. Now, is there any truth to the rumour that now that Jaeger's gone, you're putting your hand up to be the pin-up boy at the Hawthorne Football Club? Uh, no, nah, no truth to that. Um, yeah, after Jaeger's um, leave, um, yeah, I can't say that there's any truth to me, to me stepping up. <laughs> Now, I've heard that your dad uh, played under-19 footy for Hawthorne. Is that true? And does he ever talk about it? Yeah, he spent a limited time um, at the under-19 program for the Hawks back in the day. Um, there is, yeah, there is a truth to it, like you mentioned, um, but obviously it didn't work out. Um, but yeah, he's um, from a suburb called Dufton and that was a area that the Hawks sort of zoned back in the day. So um, yeah, there was a couple of... Um, him and a few others that went through the process of that under-19 program, but um, unfortunately didn't follow through with it um, and just ended up playing senior football and um, doing amateur boxing as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Especially the yeah. uh, the amateur boxing, you have to stay out of the way of the old man, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. He's pretty handy when he wants to be. <laughs> now, last year, you played 20 games in your debut season at the club. What were your big learnings from your first year as an AFL footy player? Yeah, going in after being drafted, obviously, you're unsure about where you're positioned. Um, obviously, you come from the the top of the pod in your under-18s year and you get a lot of the footy and, um, yeah, there's a lot of attention around you, but um, you go back down to the bottom of the food chain when you get drafted. So, coming in, I was just really eager to learn and sort of get my body right and, and put my best foot forward early and uh, earn the respect of, of all, all the teammates and the stuff around me, so... 
um, yeah, just coming in, I didn't have that many expectations. I was just trying to get through, get my body right, and hopefully debut early. And um, yeah, through a, a good preseason, my first year, I was able to manage that and play round one, which was awesome. And just the learnings that I went through was just how professional you have to be. And I think the main one is just getting your body right week to week. Obviously, it's a massive step up um, coming from under 18s that the body size, the quickness of the game, the speed, even, yeah, your mentality, um, just flicking from being switched on so often is, is a major part and just getting your body right week to week. So I think that was the main thing that I learned because it's, um yeah, very intense and, yeah, a very quick game. Imagine in terms of getting your body right, you only missed the two games at the top level last season. So obviously the strength and conditioning coach as well as the, the medical team did a fantastic job with you then. Yeah, they manage me really well. And I think as a young player, they, they do that a lot now with all the 18 teams that you see the young ones that come in, they probably complete around 70% of a AFL preseason in their first couple of years just because the loads are so high and the body can't take it all. Um, and they're young and sort of more fragile frames. So there's a lot of stepping stones to uh, build the body up and, and accustomed to the sort of intensity at that level. So I think Hawthorne does that really well. And um, yeah, for me um, and the likes of Josh Ward, we're able to play a lot of senior footy, which um, was awesome for our development and, and experience. So, yeah, they did a really good job managing me. And, yeah, it was awesome to only miss the two games. Now, can you take us back to that draft night? I'm not sure if you've seen any of the Show Me the Money uh, documentary that's currently on stand, but what can you recall about that night and how it all played out? Yeah, it was, um, yeah, obviously a very vivid memories that, that flow through the head, but um, going into that night, I knew that I was going to be sort of an earlier pick on the second night. So between 20 and 30, um, I knew that I was going to sit around that sort of range. And um, yeah, I was at my manager's house, Paul Connors, with Robbie Durazio as well. And another boy, Tyler Sonsi, who ended up getting drafted to Richmond a few picks later. But uh, the memories of that is just having a lot of family and friends around. And um, yeah, just very nervous. Not sure where I was going to end up. Um, I had a real big inkling that I was going to end up at Carlton. So I thought, yeah, 80, 90% of me was like, I'm going to Carlton, but um, Hawthorne played a straight bat all year. And um, I interviewed them maybe two or three times and they never really gave, gave much away or, or yeah, didn't really hear anything through the media or other people in the footy world. But yeah, um, after pick 25, I got through the Geelong pick. So I was yeah pretty happy that I was going to be sort of around Melbourne still. And yeah, when pick 26 um, got read out, I yeah was just shocked. I didn't expect it at all because I thought I was going to Carlton with the next pick. So, yeah, then the joint just erupted and, yeah, it was a, an awesome moment for myself and my family and my friends um, after all the hard work that had gone into it. Well, we're glad to have you at Bunjil Bagora and not seeing you at Icon Park, I can tell you that much. Yeah, and it worked out well. Obviously, I'm still living at home and it's only a 25-minute trip to the club, so... Um, very ideal location and, and ultimately worked out to be the best in the end. Absolutely, especially for us Hawthorne supporters. Now, during your draft year, you played quite a different role as a prolific ball winner, uh, but you've had to sort of wait your time and, and bide your time to get into the middle under Sam. Is a half-forward role something that you now feel comfortable with? Uh, and when are you going to give Haley a tap on the shoulder and let him know that you're ready to go into the middle full-time? Yeah, um, it's it's interesting, the half-full role. I predominantly played as a midfielder, as you mentioned, in the under-18 and, and young years. But 
Um, had a really good chat with Sam a um, couple of months into me being at the club and um, just the realisation that it'll be tough to crack into a midfield with the likes of Tom Mitchell, Brownlow medalist, Jago Amira, um, a seasoned senior player and the likes of uh, James Warple and John Newcomb. And there's a lot of big sort of bulls in there. And um, if I can apply my craft in another line where there's more opportunity, that would ultimately be best for me to learn that. So I think with my versatility as well, I was able to um, do that. And that played a big part in me being able to play a lot of games. So I think um, obviously I'm still learning a lot in that full role, but yeah, with my running power and um, yeah, agility, it, it enables me to sort of get up the ground and, and get back to goal and helps me play that role. Um, yeah, but ultimately just, yeah, always working to become that midfielder where I was once previously in my younger years, but um, yeah, just building the body up, um, adding a different sort of versatile forward craft as well, which will only help me in the long run. Your forward craft certainly come along. If you have a look back at the Pies practice match where you uh, picked the ball up incredibly quickly, threw it on the boot and kicked it to a, an open Chad Wingard to put us on the scoreboard. So those skills are certainly coming in handy for us in the forward line. Yeah, exactly. I, I float a fair bit through the sort of midfield forward um, meetings and spend a fair bit of time with forward coach uh, Chris Newman and mids coach David Hale. So I've got a good mix between there and um, yeah, it's just applying my forward craft and being damaging down there when I'm down there and um, yeah, making the most of opportunities when I do get that time in the midfield. Now you spoke previously, obviously about Tom Mitchell and Yago Amira who were at the club last year. You've kept the number 31 Guernsey for this season. Is there a reason behind that? No, there's no reason uh, really. I think I got to the club and yeah, I was handed that um, Guernsey and um, yeah, it's, done me really well so far and um, limited opportunity to sort of change numbers. Ideally, I'd love a single digit, but um, they're all taken up and I think they will be for a, a long while. So, um, yeah, I'm not really fussed at all. Um, at the end of the day, it's just a number on your back, but there is a lot of meaning behind them at Hawthorne. And, yeah, ideally, I'd like to be in a sort of more prestigious, famous number at the club. But, yeah, for the meantime, just uh, chipping away and, um, yeah, slowly getting up the pecking order. Oh, it's no harm having the 31 of the great Stuart Jew on your back, I can tell you that much. Now, after the uh, the weekend's game against Essen, and obviously the season didn't start off as the team wanted, and obviously not as supporters wanted, how was the mood in the sheds after the game, and what have been the real big takeaways this week? Yeah, obviously it was tough. Um, I think for the main part, it was just the lack of effort um, that was shown, which was really disappointing. And as a playing group and coaching group and even as a wider community with the fans involved, everyone's disappointed and down. Um, so yeah, we obviously felt the heartache of it and um, you never want to go out there and produce a, produce a performance like that. So yeah, it's frustrating and, and hard, but I think Sam's really good with his coaching and the way he's able to connect with people. And um, yeah, we're really confident that we can, yeah, obviously change that and, and put our best foot forward moving forward. Um, I think, yeah, you won't see it a lack of effort like that again. And um, yeah, we're, we're all in it together and yeah, we're, we're a young and upcoming group with a, a new sort of coach and yeah, we're prepared to, to go through that. There's, there's highs and lows and yeah, ultimately we just want to keep piling forward and putting our best foot forward and yeah, it's disappointing, but we're looking forward to the future now. On social media yesterday, the club released a few images of training and, and in most of them, you could see the players with their mouth guards in. Was there more tackling practice than usual uh, based on the 43 tackles that were made on the weekend? 
I think it reflects the tackle count um, with the limited stoppages throughout the game. Um, it was very free-flowing sort of game on the weekend. So I think that's where you see the lower tackle number um, yeah, with those limited stoppages. There was uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a focus on just going through sort of um, the technique of tackling, but yeah, nothing major. Um, we know that if it's a, a more heated contest and more stoppages that um, we have the capabilities to to tackle more and, and for that pressure count to be a lot higher. So yeah, I wouldn't say there's a, a main focus on it, um, but yeah, all the boys come prepared to train at that intensity that we require at AFL level. Now, over the next month, you've got three interstate trips. So you've got Sydney this weekend, followed by playing at Utah Stadium over in Tassie. Uh, and then we also go to Adelaide for the gather round in round five against GWS. With such a young group that's obviously continuing to build their connection with each other, how valuable are these away trips to get that bond and gel as a unit? Yeah, they're um, really important. Um, Sam made a, a comment that he's really looking forward to getting up to Sydney and spending the weekend with the group. Obviously we've got the VFL playing up there as well. So we'll all be on the same flight. So I think that'll be really important just to bring that sort of family aspect and mateship back into it. Um, if we're all together all around each other, I think the vibe's really high. So I think that's really important. And as a young group, like you mentioned, if we continue to um, yeah get that experience of playing away and spending a lot of extra time with each other, um, it's only going to, help gel the group more and us become closer and yeah, realize how we perform on the field, how we are off the field and um, ultimately just gel a lot more, which will, which will help our footy and life. So it's obviously your second season now at the Hawks and you were talking before, obviously you, you applied your trade as a midfielder back in the, in the TSA cup. How have you gone about building your tank uh, and how are you continuing to work on improving your individual game? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I feel like I've put myself in a really good position over the preseason. Um, I had a really big focus on just trying to become as strong and powerful and um, have that endurance and tank, like you mentioned, um, and building that over the preseason. And I think with Peter Burridge coming in um, as the new high-performance manager, he's really helped us younger players um, with the speed and burst and, and getting that tank. So... I came back um, fit and, and put together a really good base and foundation for the year. So I was really pleased with um, yeah my running ability that's ultimately helped me um, play that half forward role and, and get up and down the ground. And individually, just um, focusing on bringing more intensity and um, yeah more heat around the contest and, and putting on more size. I know that there's a lot of bulls inside that inside mid. So yeah, putting on a few kilos and and really just using my agility and, and speed out of the contest, which will help me transition into that midfield. Now, leadership team member Sam Frost came on the, the Talking Hawks podcast and he recently spoke about your leadership and he spoke incredibly highly of it, especially being a young player in the club. How do you continue to use your voice as such a young member of the team to help others to improve? Yeah, with the um, sort of void that was um, needing to be filled after the exits of Jager and Tom Mitchell and that experience like that's a lot of football being lost and a lot of um season sort of heads that have known the game and been the system for a long time I think there's a real opportunity for us younger people to step up now and and fill those voids so I've taken it upon myself and learnt off the likes of uh Mitch Lewis and Dylan Moore who have come through and been those sort of younger leaders and now they're in the leadership group to 
really enhance my own leadership. So um, yeah, with the younger younger list and and younger faces around, I think it's a really um, good opportunity for me to step up and and speak up and use my um, leadership to the best of my ability and ultimately just learn a lot of those guys and of how they did it. What's Sam Mitchell been like in his second year as a coach? And have you noticed any massive differences to the way he was coaching in the first year? Um, he's become a little bit more um, brutal and expects a bit more from us this year. Obviously, in your first year of coaching as such a young coach, uh, the youngest in the AFL, he was really nurturing and um, understanding of new coach, sort of um, younger team. Um, and I thought he was yeah made a really good transition from his playing days to coaching. Um, but this year, obviously, he expects more from us. Um, yeah, it's a performance-based industry. So, um, yeah, we're not... We're well aware of that and I think he's become uh, more brutal, more honest and I think that's what we need as a, a young group because, um, yeah, as you saw in the sort of 2008 premiership, they were a young and, and sort of brutal team and expected a lot from each other. So I think he's trying to um, bring that out in us as well. Now, there's obviously a lot of excitement from supporters about how the future looks at Hawthorne, even though we had you know, a loss like we did on the weekend. Are there any players that you're really looking forward to running out with who we might not have seen as much of yet? Yeah, I could pick a handful of guys um, that have put together a really sort of strong um, preseason and, and set themselves up. Um, you saw the likes of a, a first-round pick in Cam McKenzie show off his talents um, in his first game at AFL level and just how sort of poised he looked um, and how clean he looks at that level. It's, um, it's something that's really good to see. And I think we've set him up really well. Um, Obviously, you've got another younger guy in Josh Weddle who is really exciting athletically. Um, and once he puts more time into his craft and, and develops as a player um, in the through the VFL, I think he'll be really a really good addition to the team at some point. Whether I'm not sure when that'll be, um, but then you've got the likes of Jai Sarong, who's also that sort of third tall that can um, play a really athletic role, get up and down the ground, and I think he put together a really strong preseason, get his body and his fitness right. And um, I'm excited for, for him to put um, all of that together soon. Now, you enjoy a goal just as much as most of the players do at Hawthorne. Last year, I want to take you back to the West Coast game where I think it was Tank Morris kicked into the forward line. You were running flat chat against the flight of the ball, reached out with one hand and took it. What was going through your mind at that stage? Now, obviously, being a debut year and you're running full on, uh, you know, directly towards an opposition defender who, you know, almost twice your size, uh, pretty courageous. I believe it brought a, a tear to Blake Hardwick's eye when you did it. Um, what was going through your mind when you did that? Yeah, the thoughts that flow through my head is really, um, yeah, a bit nervous running back because I knew that Shannon Hearn was coming full steam ahead at me. And yeah, like you mentioned, he's a, a very very big guy um yeah very muscly so if i collided with him that wouldn't have felt great but um yeah i just had a quick glance and sort of knew that i had a bit of space and um ran back and was able to pluck it and dodge out the way and um finish off with the goal which was awesome but yeah the thoughts of that is just um i was pretty happy not to get collected marking the ball which was nice uh, yesterday, obviously, that you had a training session, and tomorrow you've got the main training session. Can you give us any information on on sort of the recovery of Mitch Lewis, Josh Morris, and Chad Wingard? And then also yesterday, uh, there was some media speculation about Will Day as well. How are they all travelling? 
Yeah, I'm probably not the best person to comment on that. Um, probably save that for the uh, professionals at the club. Um, but I can comment on sort of the character of the the boys. I think Mitch Lewis is in really strong spirits and and tracking really well. Um, I think we're in a pretty fortunate position that yeah we're able um, to have very limited injuries and a lot of a lot of lads on the park. So it's good to see um, a lot of people out there. Um, but yeah, I can't comment on the other guys. Um, yeah, sort of um, from a professional point of view. And the last question we have for you is obviously this weekend we take on the Swans in what's going to be uh, an incredibly difficult game playing in Sydney. What can the supporters look forward to seeing this weekend from Hawthorne? Yeah, the supporters can uh, um, expect a, a big change around in, in the effort. Um, obviously, yeah, I mentioned as a whole whole playing group and staff group were um, yeah, deeply disappointed with the, the effort we showed on the weekend and um, we're just looking to um, fix that up and, and tweak a few things and, and go into the se- continue to go into the season and um, put our best foot forward. So, yeah, just bringing that effort and intensity um, as a playing group, um, the fans can expect to see that. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to the big challenge and going up there and, and playing at the SCG against a, a really um, good good team. We look forward to seeing Hawthorne take on the Swans on Sunday at the SCG and Yes, the Jays become a bit of, uh, has become a bit of a happy hunting ground for Hawthorne. So, fingers crossed you guys can pull off the victory and we look forward to seeing the development and growth, not only of yourself, but of the Hawthorne team this season. Thanks, Ace, mate. Yeah, we're looking forward to it and hopefully we can get the chocolates. That'll be even better. Fingers crossed. So, that brings us to the end of our Talking Hawks podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and to subscribe and like on your favorite podcast provider. This has been the Talking Hawks podcast. And until next time, go the Hawks.